0: Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program of information on the ever-changing world of accessibility. Now here are the hosts of this program, Nancy Goodman Torpey and Peter Torpey. Hello, I'm Nancy.
1: And I'm Pete. Well, this week's episode is a little bit different. We've done a number of interviews on a vast array of topics over the years, and we thought we'd update you on some of those topics in this episode to see where things stood.
0: In particular, we will hear about summer internships at NASA, what's new at Benetech with the Flick type keyboard for iOS, the Braille dot watch, and the Cosmo low-cost eBrailler. And at the end, we'll have an update from Eric Manser about his triathlon and marathon experiences. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip is... Now that we've been doing the show for eight full years, we have over 400 episodes and the number grows every week. But we also have a search tool on the website that you can use to explore the entire archive of those over 400 episodes. So if you're looking for an
1: episode on a particular topic or a particular product, just enter the appropriate search term in the search field, hit enter, and you'll come up with a list of matches with a summary for each show, along with links to the audio and the show notes for each episode. And make sure you make use of those show notes. They have lots of information, contact information, URLs that should be very helpful.
0: And if there's a particular category you're interested in, we've covered shows on education, on science, on sports, on employment, and on and on and on. And if you find a topic of interest to you that we have not yet covered, please send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. We love getting good ideas from our listeners. Support for Eyes on Success is provided by WayAround, revolutionizing how people with vision loss keep track of important information about everyday things with the tap of a smartphone. The simple tag-and-scan system promotes independence in everyday situations. Learn more at www.wayaround.com. As we said in the introduction, this show is mostly updates, but this update is more of an announcement. We did an episode in early 2017 about employment opportunities and summer internships at NASA. Well, they're at it again, and so the update is this year, too, you can apply for a fellowship or internship at NASA. And although you might think they're looking for astronomers, and they certainly are, they are also looking for all different kinds of engineers, people to do technical writing, database administration, CAD, machine shop, fabrication, Lots and lots of subjects, and if you look at their website at www.intern.nasa.gov, you will find all the information you need, as well as an application, and they are looking for high school students, college students, and graduate students. It's a wonderful opportunity. It's a great way to get your foot in the door, get some great experience, and contribute while you're learning.
1: And although these programs aren't specifically geared towards the visually impaired, they are very accepting of all kinds of disabilities, willing to work with you, and they encourage people with any disability to apply.
0: You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, success, success. This week's focus topic is updates about topics that we have covered over the years.
1: And our first update is from Jim Fructerman, who is the founder of Benetech, and Benetech is the parent company of Bookshare. And we've done a number of interviews with both Jim Fructerman himself about his founding of Benetech and his career. We've also done interviews with representatives of Benetech, from the Diagram Center, from people making accessible 3D models for the visually impaired, and lots of other topics that they're working on at Benetech. So here's Jim to tell us what's new at Benetech these days.
2: Hey, Nancy and Peter, I wanted to share some big news from Benetech that I thought I wanna share with you and your listeners. First of all, I'm incredibly excited to let you know that we've announced Betsy Bowman, Benetech's current president, Will be taking over as CEO of Benetech. Betsy is a recognized social entrepreneur who has dedicated much of her career to changing the world with software. Our board and I are looking forward to Betsy leading Benetech to even greater impact. Under her guidance, Benetech is developing new software for social good enterprises to connect communities with inclusive technology. First, ServiceNet reshaping the social safety net and human services to better connect people to the services they need born accessible working with publishers to ensure that any new ebook is accessible to people who read differently with the goal of one day making bookshare obsolete connected civil society applying machine learning and computer vision to document human rights violations and promote accountability in Syria in collaboration with the UN and data for inclusion, enabling people with disabilities to provide first-hand reports on the issues they face to inform policy at the local, national, and global level. It would be an understatement to say that I'm proud of what Benetech's team has accomplished since our founding. Together, we developed the first affordable reading machine for people with vision impairments, empowered over 600,000 people who are blind or dyslexic to read with Bookshare, ensured that thousands of human rights activists could securely document human rights abuses, helped environmental leaders design, manage, monitor, and evaluate global conservation projects and campaigns with the first open-source conservation project management tool. And in one of our proudest achievements, we helped write, negotiate, and advocate for the Marrakesh Treaty for the Blind to improve access to information for people with disabilities all around the world, which was recently ratified by the U.S. Senate and went into effect in the United States in this October. When Benetech began, we didn't know of any other tech-for-good social enterprise. Today, there are hundreds of tech social entrepreneurs who have followed their passion to create enterprises that prioritize people over profit. I can assure you that I am not retiring. I plan to stay involved at Benetech. My firm belief is that tech will play a key role in solving just about every social problem imaginable. And there is plenty of work to do. I look forward to staying in touch with all of you about technology for social good. All the best, Jim Fruchterman. And I added a P.S. in my email. If you're not already receiving Benetech's news and updates, I encourage you to stay informed of the exciting progress. And there's a way that you can go to the Benetech website and subscribe to a newsletter there and get more information about that. So signing off, this is Jim Fruchterman, founder of Benetech, after just 29 and three-quarters years.
1: And we'll have information about that in our show notes. And I just want to note that we actually talked with Betsy Bowman in episode 1318 when she was head of the literacy program which encompasses bookshare so if you want to hear that use our search tool and put in 1318
0: the next topic we'd like to do an update on is the flick type smart keyboard designed especially for blind users of iOS devices and Pete's been having a lot of fun working with this keyboard right
1: Oh, yeah. So if you're not familiar with the FlickType keyboard, it's a very accessible keyboard that can replace the standard keyboard throughout all iOS applications. And the nice thing about this is you don't have to know where all the characters are on the screen. So if you just type some words in the approximate location of where the letters are, it's smart enough to kind of guess at what you're trying to type. And it can be very quick, dramatically quicker than typing on the ordinary iOS keyboard. So we thought we'd do an update on that because there's been a
0: lot new happening with FlickType. Ashley and Costa Eleftharou sent us an email note that they asked us to read to you, and this will be excerpts of that. So when we did the last show on FlickType, which was almost a year ago in episode 1819, they had recently launched the standalone FlickType app on the App Store But since then, they've launched an entirely new app, which includes a custom keyboard that can be used inside any app, not just standalone, anywhere that the default keyboard is, such as Messenger, email, Twitter, etc. And they've made lots of improvements and new features. They have shortcuts to emojis, if you like using those, and it's just so much easier to use. They now support existing iOS text replacement shortcuts with FlickType. That means you can type just a few letters and a word completion will be offered to make typing even faster and more convenient. They've added some low vision features like visually accessible large text announcements that are displayed on the top half of the screen, high contrast color themes, and the app is now fully functional when voiceover is turned off. So you don't need voiceover to use flick type. In addition, there are many other customization settings. Our biggest update since we last spoke is around the size of the keyboard on the screen. When we first launched, we had a full screen typing experience. This meant The keyboard itself would take up the bottom half of the screen and the top half of the screen would also be flick type territory. This allowed us to create a cohesive text input and editing experience. However, there was a limitation with the full-screen keyboard due to the fact that there was not a way to perform some actions inside some apps, like pressing send in an iMessage, for example. So users were switching to the iOS keyboard or dismissing FlickType completely in order to interact at the app level. Now we have launched different interaction experiences, adding options to interact with FlickType in half screen or standard keyboard size in addition to the full screen interaction, making it possible to interact in each specific app in the way that is most suitable for each user.
1: And they are continually updating and enhancing the keyboard based on user feedback. So you should check it out in the Apple App
0: Store and see what you think about it. And apparently users have been reporting back to them that they are now able to type up to four times faster than they can with a standard iOS keyboard. And so if it's faster and easier, what more could you want? If you're looking for more information about FlickType, you can visit their website at www.flicktype.com. That's F-L-I-C-K-T-Y-P-E.
1: And for our next update?
0: Next, we want to talk about the Dot Watch. We first had Eric Kim, the founder and CEO of Dot, on the show in episode 1550, and at the time... Frankly, it seemed like a great idea, but it was still very far from launching. Well, they have launched this device and are now selling the Dot Braille smartwatch. And here is Jimin Ryu from Dot. Hi, my name is Jimin, and I'm the Global Partnerships Manager at Dot. The last time we did a show on the Dot Watch. It was still in development, and that was about three years ago. Can you tell us what's new in the design of the product?
3: When we first came up with the idea, we had a, first of all, the the band was a leather band. Um, And with that version, we did beta testings with over 300 people. And based on their feedback, one of the biggest feedback that we got was that the leather band was too bulky and they wanted something that would be a little bit tighter on the wrist. So uh, we changed the band to a metal mesh band. So the design for the band changed. But other than that, we had updates on both hardware and software. So the speed of the pins got faster, so faster display. Um, We have more features now than the ones that we originally planned. Um, so now we have a Dot .watch 2 application on both the Play Store and App Store, and so much more. So, And we launched this in the U.S. in December of 2017. That's last year. So it's been quite busy nowadays.
1: So now that people can actually buy the Dot .watch... And it's available to work with Android or iOS systems. What kind of reception have you been receiving from users?
3: Oh, various ones. Like because uh, the Dot Watch is not targeting like a specific group, it's, it can be for children, for so for someone who's a lot older. Um, we've gotten feedbacks from you know little children who, who say hey mom i can check the time now and it's 4:59 p.m or something like that and there we also have feedback from a much mature audience uh like they were from the one of the organizations in virginia and i think there's a video on youtube out there like talking about how he uses the dot watch in his everyday life and yeah it's been it's been great so far
1: and just to remind our listeners, what are the capabilities of the dot watch? What makes this special from other smartwatches?
3: Well, it's a Braille smartwatch. So we have a Braille display instead of the screen display that we normally see on a smartwatch. So it can be connected to your phone via Bluetooth. And it receives any text information from any app or service in the user's phone. So let's say you have a message from Facebook or an email, or Google Map notifications. All can be received by the dot watch, so the vibration tells the user that something came, and the user can read it and check the information right away. So it's like real-time information straight to you.
1: And having Braille is pretty special. I assume that it also has a text-to-speech capability in addition.
3: Actually, so because it's already connected to the user's phone, and the user normally uses VoiceOver or TalkBack for the Android system. And because they already have that, we figured that we did not have to put a text-to-speech feature in the Dot Watch. So no, there's no text-to-speech uh, feature there. Does it
0: have audio out, so if there's speech wanting to come from the phone, you can listen to the watch instead of the phone directly?
3: No, unfortunately, no.
1: So you get the audio from your phone and Braille from the watch.
3: Exactly.
0: Uh, That's great. Can you provide contact information if anybody wants to know more or purchase one?
3: For more information, they can contact us directly to our Facebook, we have a customer support page where they can message us privately, or they can email us at support at .incorp.com.
0: And what's your website?
3: And our website is .incorp.com. dotincorp.com, D-O-T-I-N-C-O-R-P dot com.
1: So if you're interested in a smartwatch with a Braille display, check it out. It's nice to know that they're finally selling that device.
0: And it looks really slick.
1: So the next update we have is about the Cosmo eBrailler. This was an affordable, low-cost Brailler that was being developed at the time, and mostly for educational purposes, but it can also be used by individuals. And we thought we'd see what's new and how the eBrailler is doing.
0: And the last time we talked with them was almost five years ago in episode 1403. I will be reading excerpts from an email that they sent to us and asked us to share with you. Electronic Brailler is a company that has developed a suite of tools to help teach blind students. It's designed for schools, government education agencies, etc. They've got a low-cost, office-friendly, multifunction Braille embosser that they call Cosmo and a Braille education remote tool called BERT and Because all of this hardware is connected to a computer, they can network the teacher and the student so they can interact directly back and forth, and the teacher can take a regular text document and convert it to Braille and print it during the class and they can use their BERT system to give a virtual side-by-side teaching and learning experience for the student and the teacher. So even if the teacher is
1: not in the same physical location or geographic location as the student, this works out. So it's a great system for people around the world that are a little bit more spread apart.
0: Or if the classroom teacher is not so familiar with Braille, he or she can convert the text documents that they've got into a format that the blind student can read. And then there's the reverse function, so there's a Braille to text translation, so that if the student inputs his or her response, that can get converted into text so that the teacher can read it. So a very flexible system. Makes mainstreaming a whole lot easier if they can use the technology to allow mainstream subject teachers to interact with blind students. If you want more information about the... Cosmo Braille Embosser and or the BERT remote teaching system you can go to their website at www.ebrailler.com and that's e-b-r-a-i-l-l-e-r dot com
1: So we were surely interested to find out how some of those projects had come along and uh, I hope our listeners are too It was fun for us to learn what progress had been made since the last time we talked with many of those people If there's a particular update you'd like to hear about from a previous episode, you can also shoot us a note, send your email to host at eyesonsuccess.net, and perhaps we'll do another update show if this is a popular thing that users like.
0: Now for this week's final item, an update about one of the athletes we have featured and also about our own Colorado experiences. Eric Manser is an accessibility specialist at IBM, and we have talked with him about accessibility initiatives at IBM and some other accessible products that he saw when he was visiting the Consumer Electronics Show earlier this year. But we've also done a couple of shows with him about his running of marathons. And in one of them, he had a celebrity guide, which was Peter Sagal from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And in the other, his guide was a thousand miles away and communicating with him via Ira. So we asked Eric, knowing that he had recently participated in the Ironman Triathlon in Kona, for an update, and here is the note that he sent to us. Since we last spoke, there has been no shortage of excitement as my athletic journey has continued to evolve. In October of 2017, my guide Matt Smith from Denver and I raced the Ironman in Maryland in which we were able to reclaim the visually impaired record for fastest known visually impaired time in an Ironman competition. We say world record, but it's not something that is tracked in any official sense, with a time of 10 hours, 42 minutes, and 59 seconds. This was very exciting, as there had been three separate, talented, visually impaired men from around the world in Australia, United Kingdom, and Canada, who had broken Eric's previous time from 2015. Though disabled athletes don't qualify for the Kona Ironman World Championships the way all other categories do, we were further excited to learn in May of 2018 that my name, that's Eric's, had been drawn from the physically challenged lottery so that he would be able to go race in Kona, Hawaii in October, so very recently. This was a thrilling opportunity, which I and my family were excited to capture, Though the Kona course lived up to its brutal reputation, the experience and family time in Hawaii was beyond incredible, and thanks in huge part to the support from our friends at Ira and AT&T Business, who supported his endeavor. Eric's race itself was not quite as strong as his previous two Ironman races, about two hours slower at 13 hours and four minutes, but I would not change anything about the experience. And in case you think that's a long time, he covered 140 miles, starting with a two-mile swim, over a hundred-mile bike ride, and then at the end, a full marathon, so... It's okay. It took a long time. It's a long, long race. Lastly, on October 30th, our old friend Peter Sagal released his brand new book, The Incomplete Book of Running, an homage to legendary runner Jim Fix's The Complete Book of Running, in which chapter 10 describes much of Peter's and my times running together in the Boston Marathon. On November 3rd, I had the opportunity to join Peter Sagel on stage at a Harvard Bookstore live event and book signing in Harvard Square with roughly 300 people in attendance to share about our experiences, which was great fun. I would also like to take a moment to mention how our work in IBM accessibility continues to evolve, and I am personally proud of the work that I have done to connect IBM's disability community directly with IBM's product teams to ensure all voices are being heard and perspectives represented in product development. It's important and exciting to have more diversity of user needs shared at the point of product concept and design. And for our final update? When we first moved to Colorado, we did an episode number 1731 about the actual move and what that was like for a blind person. And then about a year later, in episode 1831, we discussed a trip that we took around the state of Colorado and some of the marvelous sights that we were able to experience. And just
1: to give our listeners an update on how we're doing... We've been here just about a year and a half now, and it's been absolutely tremendous. The weather is usually very gorgeous with lots of sun and nice weather. We've managed to meet lots of new friends out here that we spend lots of time with. In fact, I guess we're probably busier here with friends than we were back in Rochester. And it's been really nice for us.
0: As we quoted from John Denver in the the last Colorado episode, it is almost heaven here. We are both enjoying it very much. And we would like to thank all of the people who submitted updates for us to use in this episode and all of the other guests that we've had on over the years. In eight years, we've had hundreds of different individuals participating in the show and enhancing it for our listeners. So thank you to everybody. And that's it for the updates, and
1: we'd be interested to see what users thought of that. There were a lot of links we provided, along with all these updates, and those will be, of course, found in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net, along with links to the original episodes on which the updates were based.
0: That's it for show number 1852. Next week, we'll be starting off a new year talking about the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped and their BARD reading service. We'll speak with Karen Kenninger, director of the NLS, about the services that they provide enabling many, many people to enjoy reading with vision loss or other print disabilities. And we would like to take this opportunity to wish all of you a very happy new year. If you have any questions regarding something you've heard about on the show or you'd like to share an idea for a future show, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net or call us at 585-210-8094.